G'day, Australia. You are listening to The Breakfast Show live with Blake and Lawson right here on 88.0, 87.8, and 87.6. And I'm really looking forward to shouting out our listeners in Deloraine, Tasmania. Pretty cool little name there. Also, Deloraine. Deloraine and also G-Long. G- Geelong. Long. Victoria. Have you been to Geelong before? No, but I heard there's some cats there. Yep. They <laughs> kick balls and run around and stuff. Uh, I don't watch AFL. I don't know how it works. But, Blake, what are you grateful for this morning? I, I, I'm grateful for AFL. You don't know? That's like one of the coolest sports in Australia. I, I've, I don't think I've ever watched more than 10 minutes of an AFL. Really? Game. Yeah. No, it's such a cool sport, man. Mm. I actually used to watch it when I was like 14 years old. In America, I would stay up late at night at like 2 a.m. And watch AFL. Yeah, because it's such a cool sport. Really? Yeah, but we're going to get in trouble. We're not allowed to talk about sports. <laughs> Producer Shell will actually kick us out of the studio because she has reminded us repeatedly, Lawson, uh-huh. this is not a sports talk radio show, even though we slip some sports stories in mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah. We, 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 we dabble in we dabble. sports. Yeah. We dabble we, in the sport. We, we... Well, clearly not in AFL. Uh-huh. What are you thankful for? I am, th- dude. I just, I just, dude, I just dude. love my life. I just, I just. God Live, is amazing. Living your best life. The the way that God works things out is just incredible. So, uh, I have a friend who I study the Bible with, and then I've just been spending time with him. And every time we study the Bible, then he takes me to a restaurant. He he's just got all these hookups throughout Newcastle. Friend. He's like a he's immigrated from China over here, and he's just like knows all. Asian people in Newcastle, and so he'll take me to all the different restaurants. And then last night, I was teaching him how to drive, and then he's like, "Oh, let's go to another restaurant." We had the best dinner. Oh, it was so good! Like, you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, we're gonna have a a first. You should do a, a who do you know one. I I've got it right here. Oh, 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 oh hey, 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 great hey, hey. single like. Who am I? Who who do you know? Who diff? So our question here is: Pharaoh imprisoned his chief baker and chief cupbearer in my house. Do you mean clue? This is the clue. Yes, of course. This is the first clue for the quiz because every single question has. It's all going to one answer. So we have one answer for Every today. single clue? Every single clue goes towards one answer. We Hold have- on. I have to just say, Producer Shell is losing her mind in the other side of the studio right now every time you say questions. And what's so funny is because it used to be clues... <laughs> And then and then it switched and then it switched to questions and and I would always say clue and she'd be like her like furious with me and now I've gotten into that habit and now it's up, gone back bro. the other way she's not furious with me she just wants me to do the right thing and that's uh, ab- she, that's why she's furious. here that's why she has her job because she sorts us out and helps us to do the right thing but again this clue who am I Pharaoh imprisoned his chief baker and cupbearer. In my house. Now, if you know who this is, and you know who this is by this question, you'll get 500 points. As we work our way through the quiz questions, you'll get less and less points. Through the quiz clues, you'll get less and less points because each clue is easier and easier about the same, well, in this case, the same person. So you can send it on this first one, try and go for those 500 points. If you didn't get anyone with the 500 yesterday... 
We got a lot of stragglers came in on the 100, but you can send it on this one. Go for the 500 and, uh, yeah, score big to, to enter into our draw for our amazing prize that's being drawn at the end of this week. The Great Prophetic Books of Daniel and Revelation. That's a Bible study journal. We have the the words of those prophetic books, Daniel and Revelation, and then all this space underneath it where you can write notes, you can be your own theologian. And then as well, the KJV Bible with Mark Finley Study Helps. It's a beautiful leather-bound Bible full of study helps. So not only do we want you to be a theologian, but we also want you to teach the Bible to people because that is what God has called us to do. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call a text. And that question is... Pharaoh imprisoned his chief baker and chief cupbearer in my house. If you know who this is, give us a call. That's a little. That's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Because I, I'm just thinking about that clue, and I'm like, ooh, that ooh, oh, ooh. hey, okay. hey, oh, yeah. so I, yeah, it's a, that's a good clue. I love that story. Mm. So, but. That is a tricky one. Mm-hmm. You'd have to, like, got to send it on that one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's one or the other. Try and go give that 500. Okay. Lawson, give me some good news. Since 2013, the plastic waste found on Australian beaches has fallen 30%. Wow. If that's not good news, I don't know what is. No, that's actually good news. This is fantastic news. Yeah. Now, they have been, you know, a particular group uh, called the National Australian National Science Agency has been monitoring this for, well, since 2013 when they initially did their study and they've been monitoring the efforts that have been made to clean up Australian beaches and they have just seen great, a, a huge, amazing surge from all kinds of groups, whether it's school groups, community groups, church groups to get out in our local habitat and here in Australia where most people live on the coast, you know, our for, especially here in Newcastle, our great, beautiful, amazing habitat here is the beach. Do we know what the population percentages of coast dwellers versus like in like outback dwellers? It would it would have to be about ninety ninety plus yeah. percent. If you drew a line, like how wh- where does the coast stop? Like how far yeah. inland? That's my question. That, really. that is, but I would say like. So it's like a hundred k's in. Yeah. Okay. So and, and that's that's like if you t- like all of Sydney fits within that. Oh, for sure. All of Melbourne fits within that, pretty much. Yeah. So like from a hundred k's to Brisbane. the beach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you drew a line actually from from Brisbane to Perth, you on like the top side of that line, you've got like eight percent of the population. On the bottom side of that line, you've got like ninety two percent, and then. All of those people live on the coast. Oh, the ones on the top, on the on the bottom, on the bottom side. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. There's people who live inland, but we don't we don't have like great big inland cities. You know, we don't have we don't have an Atlanta or or a Chicago or something like that. You know, it's or a Denver, Colorado. Like we don't have that here in Australia. All of our inland towns are tiny. I don't think there's a single shout out to our listeners other in Canberra. Than, other than Canberra. But Canberra isn't that big either. Else. So, Do yeah, we? shout out Tamworth. <laughs> shout out Tamworth. But, yeah, so our great habitat where around most people live is the beaches, and it's fantastic that they're getting cleaned up. They are all cleaned up. Okay, so that's actually a really cool thing. I I, I want to be honest. So when I started mm. uh, 
doing more Faith FM. Mm-hmm. So, and I really got that rolling probably mid October last uh-huh. year. Never ever did I think about the word microplastics. Okay. Or plastics in general. Ah, uh, okay. Right? I come on the show and Lawson, you've been, you've been harping this harp for a while. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I really now, I actually don't buy certain things mm. because your voice is in my head reprimanding me. <laughs> and I was just like, nah, I probably shouldn't buy that. Lost, I'll get mad. <laughs> but it's actually a good thing, you but know? Cause, and, and especially with like, one thing I don't get anymore that I loved growing up is like Kraft American cheese. Oh. Because it's actually just plastic. It's actually just plastic. It's, just it's plastic. flavored plastic. Yeah, yeah. and I which, am really grossed out by it now. Which, like, again, we can talk about the environment. And, and I think, like, Plastic pollution and the solving of it is something good to talk about because it's one of the easiest things that we can solve. You know, when we talk about energy and and pollution and CO2, like, it's a much more complex issue that kind of solves itself at the higher levels unless you go and buy a solar farm or, you know, just turn your lights off or whatever. But plastic pollution is something that you can solve in your own life. And... But not only are we talking about plastic pollution of the planet, also plastic pollution of your body. Right. Well, I was that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like the plastic issue is uh, yes, we have the responsibility to take care of the environment and that's a good thing. I'm probably not as passionate as you are about that because you're a little bit younger generation and like that's like <laughs> your your vibe and that's uh-huh, fine okay, and okay, I respect yep, that. Okay. But man, have I started to really understand that like the personal consumption of microplastics has a huge impact will on my life. Mess you up. Yeah, it will. And if you you know, like if you're thinking about your future and if you don't want to have kids, just eat lots of microplastics. Because <laughs> that that's the other big and I've talked about this on the show before. That's the other that's the other big statistic that we've seen is That's the reason. That we we have seen have we have seen Keep eating macaroni massive cheese. amounts of sterile like the sterilization of men and a, a very direct link to the amount of microplastics we consume. Yeah. No, that's a true statement. Actually. So if you don't want to, if you do want to have kids, don't eat Mac craft cheese. cheese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause you're just, you're just eating plastic. Oh man, this is a story I want to talk about yesterday. And we just, I've always keep running out of time to talk about, it, but Go. I'm going to talk about it right now. So the USDA, the, the, the Department of Agriculture in the U.S. have approved a conditional license for a vaccine for honeybees. Now, get this. This vaccine, it's to fight against the um, panabacillus uh, larvae, which infects the bee larvae and basically makes them die. So they've created some kind of vaccine to fight against that that will be consumed by honeybees, it will then be consumed by the queen, and then when the queen lays eggs, those eggs will be immune to the virus. It's specifically called American Fowl Brood Disease that How comes you, from that other larvae. That's going to be like the tiniest little needles in the world. Yeah, well, it's not by needle. They eat it. Oh. Now, the thing So that, it's a consumable. So reading this study, they haven't really given any statistics of, you know, when they use this or whatnot, but it has been approved, so I assume, okay, it must be safe. But I'm, I've talked about the bees a ton on the show. I love bees because of all the amazing things that they do. Yeah, true. But I'm always worried when I hear stuff like this because of what happened in 2016 to the bees. So in 2016, there was all of these 
there was a thing called the Zika virus, and yeah. and a lot of people were talking about it because flies have the Zika virus. Then what they did is they got a bunch of other flies and they put in those flies um, a vaccine to the Zika virus, and they thought, okay, if these flies with the Zika flies fly around together, then the Zika fi- the Zika virus will diminish in the other fly in the in the mosquitoes, and the Zika virus will be no more. But the onset effect of that is that the vaccine to the Zika virus and the Zika virus itself led to the deaths of, like, billions of bees. Wow. Like, heaps and heaps of bees died as a result of the vaccine to the Zika virus. So, I am just hoping that they do more substantial research. It already has been approved. I hope that bees don't die because of this, like, larvae parasite, American fowl brood disease. But also, I hope that the vaccine doesn't kill them either, either because we need bees. Absolutely. Bees are good. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Breakfast Show with Blake and the Lawson. We're that, just talking about... That's what you'll become if you eat too much plastic. That's true. <laughs> you'll become a bunch We're of... We're talking about all the plastic foods yeah. that are out there that... Are so delicious. That's what you'll become if you we're not if you eat anymore. too many bees. You'll become dry bones. Uh, no, the math on that's wrong. Uh, you can't. Well, you shouldn't eat bees. You shouldn't eat bees. That's my point. That, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. That's really what we've come to. Yeah, that's right. If you get nothing else from today's show, don't eat don't bees. Eat bees. Uh, I was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. If you know who this was. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. This is the next clue for our quiz. If you know the answer to this clue, you'll get four hundred points. And as we make our way through, the clues get easier and easier, and you get less points. So maybe you wanna you wanna wait. You wanna say, oh hey, I'm gonna wait till I know it for sure, just so I don't make a mistake. Or maybe you wanna send it for the big points. Uh, again, that number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Our prize for this week, which will be drawn on Friday, is the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation Bible Study Journal, as well as the KJV Mark Finley Study Bible. We'll give to you absolutely free. You just have to win the draw, and to get into the draw, you just have to answer these questions correct. These clues, you got to answer the clues. You need to listen to the clues and answer. Know who it is. I was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Hey, we got a five hundred winner. Oh, shout out! Shout out, Karen. Ooh, good job, Karen. Nice work. And we got some four hundreds as well too coming yeah. in some fast. Four hundies. Uh, get it done. I want to also say if you just want to play the game for mm. the love of the game, yeah, if you want to play the game for the love of the game, mm. uh, you can state it or star it, but you only need to do that once for the week. So if like you know you you listen every day and you want to uh, just play the game for the love of the game, mm-hmm. which is a lovely game mm-hmm. in and of itself, mm-hmm. just state it or start if you don't want to get in for the competition. Uh, also, don't forget to send the questions of the day in still. Yeah, absolutely. Because on Thursday afternoons, uh, Big Lyle Southwell, who's Big currently L. he's out. He's at home. He's at home, resting up, trying mm-hmm. to get better. Uh, he he's out, That show was just too much for him. <laughs> that <laughs> he Monday. He just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's back at home. He's getting ready, though, for your questions of the day. On Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. Standard Time with Shell, the producer, uh, starting next week. Now, the thing is, we are going to miss Lyle, mm-hmm. uh, but he's still around on Faith FM every once mm-hmm. in a while. But he's chosen... Uh, 
greener pastures mm. to hang out with instead of the breakfast show with us. His wife. He's chosen his wife, producer mm. Shell. That's fine. Yeah, nice move, Lyle. Power move. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right, I want to talk about some more serious news. Yeah, absolutely. Check this out. This is actually, it's kind of wild. Uh, and and honestly, when I read it the first time, I was like, this is ridiculous. And then I read it again and thought, why haven't more people done this? Mm-hmm. So a Seattle public, the Seattle public school. So Seattle is a city up in Washington, mm-hmm. not Washington, D.C. That's the District State. of Columbia. Yeah, this is Washington State, which is north of Oregon, kind of in the corner left-hand pocket mm-hmm. <laughs> of America. Seattle's up there. And they are suing social media giants uh, for the growing mental health crisis among young people. Mm. So the defendants have successfully exploited the vulnerable brains of youth. So we'll find out who these defendants are later on. Hooking tens of millions of students across the country into positive feedback loops of excessive use and abuse of defendants' social media Mm. platforms. Worse, the content defendants curate and direct to youth is too often harmful and exploitive, right? The school district is asking for a court order to stop the companies, award damages, and pay for prevention education programs and treatment options for users. And the federal law protects online companies from liability over what users post on their social media Mm -hmm. accounts. But the lawsuit instead says the technology companies are actually targeting youth. Very interesting thought here. The plaintiff is not alleged. This is a quote from the the schools. The plaintiff is not alleging, so they're the plaintiff, but the defendants are these these big big companies like YouTube, Instagram. Oh, here they are: Google, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat. I think those are the ones that are being sued. Uh, the plaintiff is not alleging defendants are liable for what third parties have said on defendants' platforms, but rather for defendants' own conduct mm. as the defendants affirmatively recommend and promote harmful content to youth such as pro-anorexia and eating disorder content very interesting stuff now snapchat's come back and they've said hey we've put some stuff here for the kids uh and google has said we've put like uh restrictive screen time limits and blocking certain content stuff so they have done something there uh, and Google is saying, you know, we've invested heavily in creating safe experiences for children across our platforms and have introduced strong protections mm-hmm. and dedicated features to prioritize their well-being. So I just want to know what our listeners think. You know, for, I'm going to talk to you in just a minute here, but what do you think? Like, do you think that the public school – first off, it's weird that the public school system is suing these companies. Mm-hmm. I would think maybe a private school or, mm-hmm. or a Christian <clears throat> school would actually – take that first but the public school system has actually decided to sue these big companies what do you think texas at 0491064669 this is an interesting turn of events here early in 2023 to see essentially the public school system standing up against Social media platforms. What are your thoughts, Lawson? I am. I'm indifferent to this. I, I. I. There are some reasons why I don't like this. There's some reasons. Okay. Firstly, we want to protect children. Absolutely. But on the other side, why is this a lawsuit? And why, if you want to protect children, America. are you not lobbying 
in to change legislation. In, to change legislation. When it is a lawsuit, it then comes off as something that you're trying to like. Like, okay, if it's a lawsuit, then like it's a civil suit in which there are going to be damages paid. Well, that's what they're doing, going for. They're going for, da- but but for what did it cost the Seattle public schools system? Like, what did it actually like? Fi- like, what can they attribute? To like to getting money. So my ultimate thought here is like these things, like these social media companies and whatnot, they exist, and we all partake and use social media. Like we've we've said, we have deemed as a society that this is a part of life that I wouldn't say isn't necessarily isn't necessarily essential, but that we all participate in and. We're well, some people okay don't have the technology. It. If you don't have the technology, text us at 0491 064 Yeah. On the phones that you don't have. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there are people who, know, who actively sure. go for dumb phones and whatnot, um, so that they don't use social media. And, and that's your right. But there's a part of me that's like, why, why is this a civil lawsuit in which you're seeking damages, blaming social media companies for targeting children when pretty much every social media company has to live up to certain laws and standards and guidelines. Now, if they've done the wrong thing, 100%, that's awful. But I don't understand why this is a civil suit. The only reason I can see is because this is an attempted money grab by the Seattle. And I'm like, if you really cared about the safety of children, then why wouldn't you lobby in parliament for this? Because ultimately... Well, we don't have parliament. Of yeah, but Congress. I yeah, 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 that's right. Why wouldn't you lobby for this? Because whatever you think you can sue these companies for, they like when we talk about the Facebook group, like Meta, Snapchat, and and TikTok Google, and YouTube. Google. Like these guys have more than enough money to not only defend against you, but if you were to win, they have more than enough money to to pay the Seattle public school. Like Seattle public schools isn't going to bring down Google. But maybe that's what they're trying to go for. But to it, get some funding. It, but it, and that's what that's where I'm like, is this just a money grab? And the excuse is, think about the children. I am one hundred percent all on board for keeping children safe online. And furthermore, like I, this is something Lyle and I have talked about on the show before. I think that first and foremost, that's a responsibility of the parents. And secondly, that is also the responsibility of of the schools but again if you want real change i don't know why this is the method you would go well maybe maybe you're right they don't want real change they just want money just want the money i'm 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 shady on this well i mean unfortunately that is the american way like let's sue somebody to get some money i I, i'm i can say that because Mm. i've seen it many many times over Mm. and over and over you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different with Blake and Lawson. And before we get into our amazing interview about New Year's resolutions, we have another clue. 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 For the quiz. For the quiz. Here we go. 300 points Who on the line. Who am I? I bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. Ooh. So this guy, a bit of a... Well, I was going to say he's an emancipator, but... No. He... 
did, participated in slavery, yeah, essentially. So did not emancipate. He bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. If you know who this is, 0491-064-669, you'll go into the draw for our amazing prizes. We're drawing at the end of the week. The great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, as well as a KJV study Bible with Mark Finley study helps. 0491-064-669 for 300 points. I bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. Mm, that's a very good clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now here with Jennifer Skews on the interview here for New Year's resolutions. Jennifer, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well today. Good start to the new year. <laughs> I feel like it's been a it's been a long time since you and I've had a conversation, and I'm very happy. I'm, I'm very happy to hear your voice again and to look forward to the new year and new resolutions that are just around the corner or maybe already here for many of us. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, usually people make a New Year's resolution, and I don't know how popular it is with young people, but I know when I was growing up, we always made a New Year's resolution, and it was usually to do, to change or do a habit or change or put in a new habit or do something differently. Um, often it was focused on something we did that was very negative. Might be I'm not fit enough, I'm not healthy enough, I'm not earning enough, um, but doesn't always have to be. It can be a positive as well. So I um, encourage people, if you're going to make a change, make it a realistic change. What are the, have you made New Year's resolutions, either Blake or Lawson? Have you changed anything? Have oh, they worked? Yeah, I've, I've made quite a few New Year's resolutions in my time. I'm not exactly the – I don't have the best track record with following through all, with all the New Year's resolutions. Uh, Lawson, what about you? Are so, you like the New Year's resolution master? No, so I think that New Year's resolutions are dumb. Uh, no, like okay. I don't think that they're dumb. I think that it's a, it's, it's kind of, but it's kind of the same fallacy as like I'll start on Monday. It's like if you yes. want to do something with your life, just do it. So, yes. th- but that being said, because I think New Year's resolutions are dumb, I make dumb New Year's resolutions. And one particular one in my life, this is this is probably one of the, one of my greatest feats. In 2020, my New Year's resolution was eat spicier food. And I started, I started that year, like I'm Australian. I come from a very typical Australian family, like as spicy as we get is like mayonnaise uh, and, and pepper, like, like that's, that's the level. But now I, I am, I will stake my claim as the most spicy Caucasian. I can eat anything. So you've just basically burn all your taste buds that's right i actually can't taste anymore uh but it was worth it it was my resolution and i worked my way up through the year i started with mild and then um, you know a bit more than mild and then spicy and then extra hot now any restaurant i can eat the spiciest burrito i can eat the spiciest hot pot i can eat the spiciest so now you basically go to nando's and drink the bottle yeah straight up okay I'm sorry. Oh, well, I think you were brave on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you, you can. I, I would encourage anyone if they want to eat spicy food. It's all about just just getting it done, just having a go. Okay, I value my health. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you look at it, I well, yes, we can make very what you call dumb resolutions, but I think we can also use it in a positive way to mm. set something better for the year ahead. Mm. Um, and 
certainly looking at health maybe um, because often they're habits or practical things. They're not you. They're focused often on what we do. We don't like anymore. I don't look good. I don't feel good. I don't. You know, I've got too much weight or whatever. Mm. But when we make a resolution, it's often very black and white, very extreme, or it's unrealistic. Mm. So, so well, I'm going to lose 10, 10 kilos in the first three weeks or something like that, and it's not achievable. So. <laughs> Yet any goal is what we call a smart goal. We want to keep it simple and make it achievable and uh, realistic and be able to follow it through. So if you want to do look at what you want to change, it doesn't matter whether it's the beginning of the year or any time in the year, we have to look at what we want to change and break it down into smaller parts because the brain can cope with a small chunk. It can't mm-hmm. cope with the whole. Um, and you can change... If it's not working well, you can modify it or change it as you go. So it's learning to create change in a positive way. Um, And I know from a Christian perspective, the power of prayer and asking guidance and God's help in doing that is very powerful um, because we need to change, particularly if we're not happy with who we are or what we're doing. So it's uh, changing the mindset, basically. I I had an interesting... Uh, situation happened to me this year. I was back in October. Oh, hold on. Actually, no, it was late September. Yeah, so mm-hmm. last year, late September, I made a New Year's resolution, but I started in September. I just said, okay, for 2023, I want to go to the gym regularly. But I made that decision in September. And so from September, October, November, December, and now January, I'm I'm going to the gym, you know, three, four times a week, you know, and I, my goal was to have that habit formed by 2023. And so I started a few months back and it was, it was kind of an interesting thing. It's probably been my most successful New Year's resolution because I didn't start it on New Year's. I started it months back. Well, that's why I said you can do it any time of the year, but the principle often comes up at the beginning of the year. Mm. So did you just launch into doing it several times a week or did you start once a week and build it up? How did you do it? Yeah, it's a little, it was kind of, um, I had a couple of factors that really made a difference in my life. One, I, my living arrangement had completely changed. It was totally different. Uh, I was staying at my brother's house and my sister-in-law would literally wake me up every morning whether I wanted to go to the gym or not because I had told her I want to go, but I'm not going to want to go in the morning. Uh, So I'm going to need your help to get me to that place. So every morning she'd wake Mm -hmm. me up Monday to Friday, and we would go for an hour and a half to the gym and work out Monday to Friday. And and sometimes I would go to the gym, and I would do nothing but stretch. But I went to the gym day in and day out. Mm. And and that's uh, what you're describing is a, a positive way to do it because one you knew you were as motivated as you want to be and that is the biggest thing and to overcome lack of motivation you have to take action whether you feel like it or not and to be able to get some help to do it which is what you did um, your sister-in-law helped you and joined you so invite someone to do it with you it might be I want to walk more regularly right. we'll find a friend who'd like to walk and uh, ring each other and make the arrangement and then the night before get your clothes out, get everything organized, ready to get into that when you get up in the morning so you're in the right mindset. So 
So it takes a bit of preparation, which is what you did, to change that habit or to you know follow through on that New Year's resolution. I think another aspect of this that was different before I was always like, Hey, I want to lose weight or I want to uh, get in shape or I want to be healthy. But this time my goal was, I just want to go to the gym consistently. I don't care about the results. I don't care about what happens. Like my goal was just go, just get to the gym, just go to the gym. Right. But that's a good way of looking at it. And it's the same as say, because a lot of people are, oh, I'm going to lose weight. That's a common one. And instead of looking at the end result of what you want to look like, look at the process, which is what you did. Is I, To do that, I just want to eat maybe less than a meal each day. So I'll get a smaller plate and do that. And you're not looking at the outcome. You're looking at the process. So the goal, and, it, it yeah. sounds like it's helpful when the goal is the process or the goal is the journey not yes. the outcome. That's right. Because once you look at the outcome, the moment that doesn't work, you want to give up. And this is what people do. They then don't follow through. And you have to have that perseverance, uh, even if you don't feel like it, to go, well, look, I've just fallen off the wagon, basically. I'm not doing what I want to do. I've only been once a week for three weeks. I want to get back on. So I'm falling off the horse, get back on, and I'm going to get back to doing it three times a week again. And you make a resolve. Because we will, we ebb and flow in what we do in our capacity to do it. Um, so it's being realistic and not just giving up if it's not working and think, well, that's not working. What else can I do? I'll do it differently. And that's where sometimes people get a bit of help to do that. They might get professional help to do it, particularly if it's a weight loss factor or pain management or something like that. Then uh, there's lots of help out there if we look for it. That's important. Yeah, I I think I could not have done it without my uh, sister-in-law. Actually, let me rephrase that. I could not have done it. But finding the right person who was was committed to their role, because their role was just to, like, remind me, you want to go to the gym, right? And I was like, yes, I do. And so we did that together. and, uh, And she's someone who literally goes to the gym five days a week every day for the past like 10 years. So it's like, that's nothing for her, you know? So maybe finding people who've actually, you know, who have the goal, whatever goal that you have, the process that you're doing, finding people who are actually doing that same process, I think would be important. Absolutely. So if it's my example, if you want to do more walking, find a friend who already loves walking and does a lot of walking and join them or a group. There are some good walking groups in your area. So it's looking for that support because, our will can be very weak and we want to strengthen the will by actually getting the help to do it and then we get stronger and now it's easy for you to go to the gym whether your sister-in-law's there or not because it's your habit. Well, and that's true because I that was back in America. Now I'm in Australia. My sister-in-law is never at the gym with me because she's over the Pacific Ocean. But now I still go to the gym because of the habits that were created. So you can see how we build a habit and it becomes part of our life instead of, oh, I want to do this. Because then when we feel like a failure because we didn't do it or we haven't followed it through, that is more damaging um, to us because then we, once we think we failed, we start to self-doubt or won't put that effort in because it's not working. 
So this is where it's important to get the help you need to do what you want to do, unless you know you're highly motivated and you've all, you know, you've already um, started the process. So it's, what uh, what would it be called when you're highly unmotivated? Because that's what I was. Um, <laughs> often we procrast- what they call procrastinate. Ah uh, yes. And, I don't yeah, want to think about. Think I don't want to think about procrastinating mm. until tomorrow, though. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. <laughs> like that <laughs> but you can see that if this lack of motivation we sit become the couch as I call it the couch potato here where we just sit and don't do anything and then we beat ourselves up and feel bad and that then we get depressed so this is where um, looking at just doing a little bit like if it's walking even if you just walk out the front and around your garden and back inside and you weren't doing that then you go a bit further and a bit further this is what I do. I help people set goals, make them realistic and follow them through. And they do most times because they're accountable because they've got to come and see me again when they've got another appointment. So that accountability helps to stop the procrastination. Yeah, so I find um, that when things are said or done in in the dark or in secret, it's um, so much easier to skirt around the issue. But when you're authentic with yourselves or with yourself and you're authentic with others, you're yes. able to achieve far greater things and far more things in your life that you want to uh, based on the fact that you've kind of you've spoken it, you've said it, and you're expressing it to people that you care about to say, hey, I want to yes. do this, hold me accountable. Yes. That's it because you're making it known instead of, as you said, being it's something I think I'll do and then you don't and then you beat yourself up because you didn't do it. Like I said, that causes things like depression and stress. So uh, that's why looking at a realistic goal. So I encourage all the listeners, if they want to change something this year, look at the change process but make it realistic and you can put it into smaller chunks and just do the first step without looking too far ahead until you're ready to do the next one. And it does work. I think I've heard the old phrase, uh, you know, a thousand mile journey starts with one step. That's it. Uh, and it's that little step. And that helps, that's that action that helps to take you out of the lack of motivation. I, uh, I've also heard the phrase, how do you eat an elephant? And then people have said one bite at a time, but Lawson would say, <laughs> you don't, because he's a vegetarian. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for helping us out here this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.